You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me tonight, I have Taco with me. I also have Charlie. Say hello to everybody. Hello. What's up, guys? And tonight, we are reviewing the one of my anticipated films of this year and everything, because I've been waiting for this film forever, because I'm a huge Sopranos uh, fan. Of course, we are talking about the prequel film to The Sopranos, which is The Many Saints of New York. Of Newark, uh, and of course, this movie takes place in 1967. A young Tony Soprano travels with Dickie Montesanti to welcome home Dickie, Dickie's father, Hollywood Dick Montesanti, and his new Italian wife, uh, Gypsy Fania. I think that's how you say her name. I don't know because I butchered her name on my notes. And then um, he's also a soldier in the Demamio crime family. The Mayo. The Mayo, the Mayo uh, crime family, which also consists of Johnny Soprano and his brother, Junior Silvio, Dante, Polly Walnuts, and Pussy Balinga, and of course, uh, Pussy Bombasaro's father. After a black taxi driver assaulted by police officers, riots break out in Newark, and one of Dickie's black associates, Harold McBriber, begins to take part, part in the riots. Now, here's the thing. I like the opening of this film. I thought the opening was really cool to see the gravestones of each individual person that was buried inside the same cemetery of Christopher Montesanti. I thought that was actually perfect. It gave you an indication of who these people were in a past life before they passed away. I thought that was really cool. And then it gives you this other scene where it goes over to where Chris's grave is and he talks about, you know, who he went to hell for, which is his uncle Tony. And goes into his thing about him being smothered to death and everything because of Tony. I like that whole entire aspect. Spoilers? Yeah. God, no, the movie threw it a spot. I had a friend who was like, hey, you know, I've only watched the first couple seasons, then I watched this movie. Well, now I know how Christopher ends. I was like, yeah, it's kind of really ridiculous <laughs> right. that they threw it out immediately. But And you know what's funny, though? My girlfriend, who's actually in the comment section right now, she's only oh, watched the first season of The Sopranos with me. There you go. And yeah. so I had to explain to her what happens to Christopher, because uh, there's some references to Christopher. Yeah. Who's Tony Lee? Who's this? So I actually I paused the film for her so that way she can know what's going on. And this is actually the perfect way, in a sense, even though it's kind of spoilerish, to know who these characters are before you go into season one. But mm. at the same time, this film is also very, very disappointing, though, at the same time. I am a diehard fan of The Sopranos. I think definitely, even though this is a prequel, I think you should always watch anything uh, not timeline-wise of the movie, but you should always watch things as they come out. Like in, like how people will watch like, uh, the Marvel Universe for the first time like timeline-wise. And I'm like, no, the movies that came out five years after the other ones will be referencing those. Like, no, watch them as they came out. And that's how I feel about this. Like, have your own thoughts. Like, definitely watch this after you watch The Sopranos. And it, it is exactly why. Because Christopher's ghost is like, hey, that's the guy who freaking smothered me. It's like, oh, alright. Just throw that out there. And <laughs> well, Chris it, and is no it, longer alive. He's no longer with us. <laughs> and it will oh, yeah. give you, because they do a lot of fan service, which I'm not against fan service by any means. But if you didn't watch all the Sopranos, you'd be like, why is this, why is Polly doing this? Why is this guy talking all weird? You know, like, because it's kind of got a lot of fan service to it. Why does Junior keep saying your sister's cunt? Because it's a reference, <laughs> you know? And it, yeah, so you definitely should watch the movie, the TV show first if you want to experience it at, you know, full, you know, as much as you can. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that was like, I think the problem with that, like, and like, I like that they have Christopher back in this, and he's the narrator. 
I didn't like that they kept they brought up the way he died because I thought that was the worst. Like three yeah. times too, like it right was away. One of the worst deaths I think I saw in that it was one of those. Really, that's how they killed him off. Like I was yeah. kind of like that. That was the like a car crash and it, it, Tony kills him to put him out of his misery or whatever. It's like, come on, that was that was lame. Like I didn't like that they did that to Christopher, especially because Christopher. Like I mean, I still think Christopher, the best whack. Sorry, boy, on the Sopranos here was. The way they tricked his girlfriend into to going going in the in the car with them. It's like Christopher's in the hospital. We're gonna go. That yeah. was my favorite whack in that show. It's like, and then they take her to the woods, and he's yeah. like, no, 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 and then they just they 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 get her for being an informant in the FBI. Sorry, anybody again, we're spoilers. Sopranos, but. <laughs> Christopher was in. It was kind of all. So, so your girlfriend's only a couple seasons in. All right, uh, Charlie. Do you yeah. want to bring up anything else that happens after season two? <laughs> all right. Oh my god. <laughs> Jeez. Right. I mean, but I get that you're going on a roll, but I mean, like, they don't bring up what you said. I mean, I, think I, I kind of agree with you to maybe get more out of this movie. No, at least know some of the characters and get get a couple like, like just get an idea who these people are before watching this, and I think that. Even that, I agree, John. This was disappointing. I was like, I thought this was going to be a Tony movie. I mean, you kept piping it up, and yeah. we'll get into that. This is supposed to be to- Tony Soprano. And that's, and yeah. it's, it, I felt bad for G- Michael Gandolfini, who plays his son, because he didn't get that. Like, there needs to be more of that. And, right. I think, and less of the other characters that don't show up in the, the rest of the show. Like, the, I think the um Raymond character I think it was was it Raymond or like the the um or Harold no I think it was Harold Harold. yeah Yeah. like Harold I don't believe he shows up in the show at all no no he's just a random dude during that time that happened to be whenever the riots were going awry and stuff like that yeah and things so it was just trying to show you a piece of the history that Tony went through and everything in the generation that he went through versus what AJ and Meadow went through as a kid so yeah. I was trying to give you a background of yeah. what Tony went through as a kid and witnessing I, the stuff that he witnessed as a kid. I wanted to bring up some positives, if you mind. Um, yeah. I like, so the, the difference between casting and performances, I think casting was amazing. In fact, it might be too good because they gave like these really, really, really good talented actors, kind of smaller parts like John Bernthal. Like I love John, like he's one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Bernthal or Bernthal. I just kind of switch up. Bernthal. I think John Bernthal is one of my favorites. Was he needed to play Johnny Boy? Like, he's got, like, five lines. I'm, it's cool that they got him, but did they need him? Like, you know, a lot of those where Corey Stahl's so good, does he need to just do a freaking uh, junior impression for, like, four scenes? Like, you know, like, I, I, I think that they kind of got, like, you know, like, got bulldozers to make sandcastles, if you know what I'm right. saying. Um, but right. but that's okay. And also, Leslie Odom Jr., if you've ever watched um, Hamilton and uh, constantly, when no one's around, sing show tunes to yourself like I do, you'll know that Leslie Odom Jr. is amazing. And again, getting him to play Harold, I think he nails it. Do I think this character needs to be in the movie? Probably not. I mean, but I, I do like his performance as Harold. By like a lot. Same um, here as well. And I want to go on a couple of your positives and piggyback off of you a little bit. You see, whenever I look at John Bernthal, I think of Christopher Maltesanti. I don't think of him as uh, Tony Soprano's father because I think he has more of a resemblance to Christopher versus Tony. But that's looks, just my opinion. And he looks but, nothing like the actor that played Johnny Boy in the show. No. Like they look so well, different. Here's the thing. I can go in with disbelief because it's been so many years since we've actually seen these actors and stuff like that, too. Not yeah. only that, but the actor who plays Tony actually died. <laughs> played Tony's father died. Yeah. So, of course, they had to get somebody in there and everything. So that's also another thing. But I do have to agree. Stalls did a great job a job impression of Junior. Junior. I thought he did really good, uh, especially whenever he says he never had the makings of a varsity uh, football player, which is okay. really good. That is the most fan. Like <laughs> he just says it to two random girls, and they're like, "Oh, you just had to put that in the movie." Like that right. was a that was a note where Dave, David Chase is like, "Hey, make sure that he says the varsity thing." <laughs> but, but 
I just love it though. I mean, I love the casting choice for that. John Bernthal as Johnny was good. I really, even though he only said a few lines, yeah, you actually get a generation of where Tony came from with his father and things like that. And also too, Absolutely. I also like though how they played off with Janice being the person who winds up becoming, uh, who winds up receiving communion. And then of course you also have uh, Anthony who's there, who's who's there and everything, and also two witnesses the whole entire shootout that we got from the first season mm-hmm. and stuff like that too. I liked how they threw in that reference, which I had a pause and to explain that thing, because that later on that comes in on season one. Yeah. Where and I, speaks in the back. Right. I love that. They brought that in. I think, I think that was like, that's doing it right. Is they didn't change it really, but they just kind of reminded you and kind of brought it in. And, and I, I did enjoy that. They brought in that, uh, of where, uh, Johnny Boy gets captured at the like, you know, maybe they could have done the scene in full because if you're just watching it, you're like, all right, why are they captured? Why did Tony not come there with them? Like they didn't, they kind of just gave you a little bit of that scene. So if you haven't watched the presence, you'd be like, why does Janice not know that Tony's here? Like, you know, like it seems right. it could be a little more confusing, but I do like doing those kind of callbacks. There's one later on in the movie. I, I, I didn't, but but I do like the showing us things that we were told about. I do think they could have done that a little more. Yeah. I agree with you. What about you, though, Charlie? What else do you have to say about the uh, positives? Um, I definitely love the performance of Dick Dicky. Oh yeah, I mean, and it's funny because the only movie I've seen him in, he was in Face Off. He played the brother of uh, of uh, Sasha, <laughs> the the girl, and that was him. And I was like get out of here and it's like he just looks so different because he's bald he's bald and then face off he's the guy that tells all right no more no more drugs for caster troy like no more drugs for that man like that's him and yeah. and uh, he was great in this like as that and then um i think it would have been this movie would have been like well more received again he's getting praised for his performance and i think he was great in it if they made this a a, a dicky monasani movie instead of a Tony Soprano movie, which would have been, would have been what Mark will get into in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big problem, but we'll get in that. And I, um, I, I, I give props to Michael Gandolfini. He played, he was great as Tony's, as a young Tony, and he's not been in in many movies. And it was because after his father passed, it was got, got wanted to get him into acting. And, yeah. and I thought he was great as them. I just wanted to see more of him. And I love the little nod, like the, the sequence in the, the phone booth when he's talking and the girl that's with him. I believe that is... That's, that's Carmella. That, that's Carmella. That's uh, the wife. That's the push the wife. away. Did right. anyone else, like, yeah, like literally that. starts fighting and then pushes her away? Yeah. Like in Sopranos Home movies when he pushes yes. her away when you yeah. fight Bobby? I was like, ah, oh, I like that. That's how you do a callback. Yeah, good. she's like, she's going to be like the, the high school sweetheart. I was like, wait a minute, is that her? I'm like, when I heard, when I saw the name, I'm like, yep. That's that's gonna be his, his future wife, and I thought that was a nice little like kind of callback to that. And then like I, I liked Burf 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 Burfnall. Sorry, I can't pronounce Burnthal? the name. Burfnall. Sorry. <laughs> I thought he I thought he was great in it. I, again, I I don't know if it was Nina. It was nice having him in the shootout. Um, the other positives I liked some of the whacking in this, which I loved. That's what the the banging aspect. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa! Please, please rephrase that. You like some of the whacking? No, I mean, that's not the term they use when they kill somebody. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. That's just how you say. Don't like some of the whacking. Uh, Sean and I always bust Charlie's balls and everything. We can't, we still think that he's a serial killer at night after he oh does the podcast. God. So, okay, you know. sorry, right, Charlie. Fine. I'm not trying to. Yeah, I know. You can. <laughs> All right, fine. The murders. There you the go. Hits. The, yeah. Yeah, the hit the squad sequences yeah, or whatever the uh like i thought that's what got me interested in the show is because of all of that of the mob hits and i thought that yeah. was i thought there were some really good ones in here and they're brutal like they're they definitely felt brutal like the the, the drill in the mouth the, yeah like, the the, the oh. impact yeah the impact wrench mm-hmm. wasn't quite a yeah it wasn't a drill it was a wrench sorry oh, wrench. i worked oh. in a factory but yeah the idea when it when i saw it in the trailer i was like what are they gonna do with that take out some like nuts like it's not a it's not something but when they took it in his mouth and pushed mm-hmm. it knocked all of his teeth yeah. off i'm like oh yeah that's the thing you could do with that yeah. i thought they were gonna go for the head 
I thought it reminds me of Casino with the oh, uh, yeah. vice trip. The vice trip, yeah. 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 No, I that, mean, that's I what that was... reminded me of, to be yeah. honest. And then the yeah. headshots, too. Some of them were this, like... How like... vicious that was. I want to go into practical effects. Watching his teeth go is something you don't really see in Sopranos much of how good that gore was. That yeah. looked fantastic. Like, I'm a big yeah. special effects guy. Like, yeah. that looked like somebody just, yeah, like... Took up somebody's teeth that way. The drowning that was brutal to watch. The, oh, the, oh, that that, that yeah. was brutal. And then the headshots were spot on. Like, like there's couple. There's a bunch of them in there, and they're cut on like they're like whoa. Like they yeah. they they were pretty that. And then, and then the the course the sequence were um, were. Thank you. I will bring up Via for yes. Via Formiga yes. uh, as soon as Charlie's yeah, done. I, I got she, a few more I performances. Thought, like, I think she was great too as the mom because I just keep remembering how vicious the mom was and how much tony hated her in the show and just and just like and it's like and it's just bear flamingos that actress that can get under your skin yeah. like she the reason why she plays the mom in freaking bates motel like she can play yeah. a a very emotional yes. hitting emotional abuse is a different thing you know like it's it's easy to like show portray uh physical abuse or yeah. any other type but emotional abuse is so straight on i mean anyone who yeah. grew up with that it like it kind of hits me hard whenever i see that stuff and even like um in in the original sopranos the way he treats her like the way he emotionally she emotionally abused older tony and i think via formiga nailed it like there was a couple scenes where i was like oh my god mom why are you on tv right now like, yeah and then, uh-huh. or, or, and then this, this, the Zener she had, well, he's got a D plus average. So like, I don't, I mean, like, and then it's just like, just the way she's zening him. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And then it's, it, and then the, the sequence with him and the guidance counselor just got me like remembrance of him with the therapist. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like, it, this is where it starts. I think there's a lot of nods to the show, which, I mean, I haven't seen the show in like forever, but I know like, Obviously, that I wanted a detail about what happened. <laughs> I know a lot of the stuff in it, and then, um, but yeah, I mean, I thought she was great in it. But it's just the, these nods that I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, um, and then yeah, and I, I can't really think of any other performances I actually liked. Um, I got, but I got a couple yeah. more. Right, uh, and uh, since we were talking about the guy who plays Dicky, I can't. He's got a really cool name that I can't remember right now. Very Italian. Hollywood, name, is it no, no, the guy who played Dickie Maltesante. Okay, okay. Um, the actor, the main actor, whatever his name is. Um, okay. I know. Uh, is. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. It yeah, up. look it up. It's like it. It's super Alessandro. Italian. Yeah, Alessandro Nivola. I think that's how you pronounce it. I will. Yeah, uh, Alessandro. So I want to remind you guys that he played a raptor in Jurassic Park Three. He plays Billy, who when okay. Alan Grant is having like a dream sequence, and he looks and he goes. Alan, like as a raptor, the raptor says Alan, and he shakes, and then it's him. So he was in Dress for Three. All right, that was yeah, way I'm funnier gonna... than you guys are giving it credit for. He played a fucking raptor. Do I have to say that again? <laughs> All right, whatever. But uh, jeez, tough crowd. Um, also, Ray Liotta, I think, was great, and I I do know that Ray Liotta like can play, like can act, like because we've seen him act. He hasn't really, no offense to the guy, but it look, hasn't looked like he's showed off his chops in a very long time. A lot of his movies, he's playing Ray Liotta, which is cool. Robert De Niro's been doing that for 20 years. But but, <laughs> <laughs> but the differences between Hollywood Dick and then the um, the uh, brother who's in prison, they, they it doesn't look like, I know it, it looks like Ray Liotta, but it looked like the way he played those characters were so different. And I <laughs> loved were- it. And I thought I, I wanted to like give a nod of that performance because the way he played Hollywood Dick, again, reminds me of every drunk uncle I've ever had. And, and the way he played that abuse and everything and that over the top, like, F you, F everybody else besides mm-hmm. me, nature. And then the super subdued, I've lived in prison for most of my life, uncle seemed just so different. I, I thought that was great. And, um, yeah, I, I want to. Yeah, I want to give Ray Liotta a nod on that. Most definitely. Yeah. When you look at the two characters, they're both different from each other. I like how in your face the basically his brother is because he's mm-hmm. definitely in your face. He's definitely the drunk uncle that you don't want at the Christmas party and everything because he's going to take your little nephews. Hey, kid, 
let me tell you about the time that I went to this strip club and I blew about a hundred dollars on this one stripper. Yeah. So that's the pretty much the uncle that you actually get from well, this the brother that you get from this uh from from uh Ray Loretta's character. But yeah. also too, I have to say, whenever he's in jail, whenever the other brother's in jail and everything, he's giving advice to Dickie and stuff like that. Kind of like being a concierge on uh, um What's the word I'm thinking of? With somebody doing the advice. Concierge. Yeah, concierge. concierge. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Uh, but yeah, I think that that was actually a beautiful thing to have where Dickie doesn't know exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. And then you have him go into the jail cell and get, bribe him with blues records and jazz records. Yep. And, and I like how he analyzes the jazz records. It's just him looking at it at the authenticness of the jazz records. And that, to me, is good storytelling and was able to give me a little bit of a piece of what that character is and who that character is. And that's mm-hmm. something that I really liked, and that's the characterization of the character. Also, too, when Dickie kills Hollywood Dickie, my mouth yeah. just fell open at that scene. I rewatched it. I was like, is he just beat up? Like, I want to make sure, like, is he dead? Because I've seen seen Hollywood Dick in the trailers so but it wasn't Hollywood Dick we were seeing in the trailers it was his brother that we thought was the same character as Hollywood Dick um at least that's how I saw it all right and another thing so about the him and visiting him in prison scene I got there scenes I got two different things with that one of them I like how much it echoes therapy scenes from Sopranos because that's something that's always made the Sopranos amazing is the therapy scenes so I do like that he's visiting in him and it's almost like the, you know, Tony going to therapy version because yeah. Also um, too, the other thing with the, um, I want to say this too, but Vera from Inga, I definitely liked her as Tony's mom, especially when she goes, Oh, poor you. And poor then, you. And then also too, whenever the principal is explaining to her about her son having leadership skills and him having a D minus is a callback to AJ where he doesn't apply himself. Just like Tony didn't apply himself when yeah. he was in high school, high school and everything. And I like that, that little nod to what's going to happen in the future with AJ and how they're both similar in ways. And Tony's trying to teach him not to go on the path that he went on and stuff like that. And also too, I like how, uh, and I like how Anthony goes ahead and tell, says, I'm, I don't want to ever get uh, his fear was being shot in the face. He doesn't want that for himself. He says back of the head. He says shot back in the, the back, which I'm pretty sure head. that's what happens. Right. <laughs> at the, at the end. End. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I definitely liked it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go on ahead. Lee, you can talk about more of your positives though. Uh, well, the, the other thing I got about the him visiting prison sequence, there's one really cool things. And, um, Oh, one really cool thing. So I heard, and I, I'm like curious to what you guys think, that those might be like not real, like dream sequences. We never hear him tell anybody else about him visiting this guy in prison, that it might all be in his head. And I was kind of thinking, no, until the him teaching blind kids thing, which I don't think he's doing. Like he's like, oh, how's it going with the marriage merit badge? Oh, well, I'm... I'm I'm a coach of a blind kid baseball game or team. Is he? No, he isn't. Like, I don't believe that he's actually doing that. And that sounds like something that he has convinced himself that he's doing. And he's telling it to this guy. It really, that add in, which I thought was great. That scene was freaking beautiful of them. Like blind, it went silent and they're playing like blind baseball. It seems so out of nowhere and not fitting of the movie. And it made me actually think maybe him visiting Hollywood Dick's brother isn't actually happening, hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I want to know what your your thoughts on that is. That's a good theory. I didn't think about that or anything like that. I was just thinking, it's, okay, he's trying to do a good deed, like he said he was going to try to do a good deed for uh, for his character and everything, and he winds up teaching uh, blind baseball. But so random. then the way that the blind baseball scene is laid out, it looks like a dream dream sequence. But what if? It was just that one dream sequence that we actually have. What if he did go to the jail cell and he just kept it on the DL where he didn't want anyone to know that he was visiting to get advice? Because don't forget, he also has Sill that is basically the one for the advice, which I find fascinating because of the fact 
yeah, Christopher's dad is leaning on Syl for advice, just like Tony leans on Syl for advice. So I thought that was mm -hmm. kind of interesting. Also, the uncle killed a made man and he was an associate, which would be a no-no to visit. That guy's dead to the mafia. Like, mm -hmm. so it would be like very taboo for him to go and get advice from essentially a traitor. Um, True. Yeah. And so that's how I, why I mm -hmm. thought of that. Yeah, I could. I to be honest with you, I'm leaning more towards the fact that it was a dream sequence than anything. Yeah, that you know, the blind that thing was a dream sequence, or the entire thing was a dream sequence. It, that it was all in his head. I think it was just all in his head, basically, because he doesn't know what to do with uh, Anthony. He doesn't know what to do with Tony or anything like that, and, and he it, feels guilty because he's leading him to into this life that he's living in. In his mind, he's go contemplating on what to do, and then. That side of him, which is Ray, Ray Loretta's side of him, his other self-consciousness is actually telling him, just leave him be. Do not yeah. put him on this road. And that's and a thing that I'm thinking of. The catalyst of him going to visit his long-lost uncle is him killing his own dad. Which, right. even if you're a hardcore mob dude, that can't be easy up here. Murdering your own, even if your dad is a piece of crap. Like, that would be up here. So maybe, yeah, it, it, maybe it's him trying to come to terms of doing something that messed up when, um, you know, and then going visiting. And it's funny because even if that is not really happening, he's still lying to that part of him then. Because he still, he still didn't tell him that he's the one who killed Hollywood Dick. And then when he murders his uh, guma or, you know, Dick's uh, uh, widow, he even lies to... You know, the guy in prison about that. He's like, oh, she died in no name. So if that is a dream sequence, he's literally lying to himself. That's what right. we're finding out, which I like it both as a dream sequence that he's not really going to prison. And he is. I like I think that they both work really well because either one is his denial and the other one is just his, you know, lying to somebody about it while they're trying to get advice. Right. What about you, though, Charlie? I mean, I don't know. I was like that port was just kind of like I just felt kind of bored during that portion. I mean, honestly, I, I mean, it just yeah, he's going to talk to him, and, and it's just like okay. I mean, it, it. I mean, it. I don't know. I just didn't. I mean, I liked Ray Liotta, but I was like, oh, he's playing the twin. He's playing both parts the the twin brother thing, which is very like common trope where you have somebody play the twin sister, same actress, play the twin sister. It's just, I don't know. I mean, once I saw that, I'm like, oh. Like, I, I mean, they, I thought... I, they did it in Sopranos. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. It's just... Spoons I don't know. and Phil in... Right. Uh, yeah, Patsy Parisi are... Yeah, Again, it's guy. been a long time yeah. since I watched the show, and because that ending, like, really, like, I just... The only big thing I took away from it was the ending for the show sucked. I'm, Again, I'm, I don't know. But I'm glad that this is a guy you have for the two Sopranos things I bring on. The guy who hasn't watched the show and thought the <laughs> ending's like perfect. I mean, I, I just I don't know. I just I guess I was expecting more Tony, and that's the problem. Absolutely. Right. And and I can understand that. I just, and I can, keep seeing the Should we get into like, should we get into that negative? Um, yeah, we'll get into the yeah. negatives. Um and everything. Yeah, I just want to marketing, I think, was the biggest one. Right. But there's one thing I want to bring up though is the dream thing that you th that dairy one more time yeah is the fact that guilt and shame of him killing his own father probably triggered that in his head though too mm -hmm. so maybe that's also another key factor that i yeah. believe so okay so as far as your negatives taco i'll let you go on ahead and take the floor on that one i mean i got multiple and a lot of them are small like you don't need to bring it up like the actor who played sill could have dialed it back a little. <laughs> um, and, and like, I don't really like the ages. You know, these are all things we can bring up. Um, but I think the mm -hmm. biggest one of why it's setting up a movie, marketing is so important. And it's also part of, it's part of the movie experience marketing is. That's why people say, oh, this movie was overhyped or, hey, I didn't even go see it because the trailer sucked. It, marketing is extremely important. And this these trailers were fantastic. It's some of the best. I watched them multiple times. I loved the trailers. I'm listening to a song. I've had one stuck in my head from the first trailer. But the problem was, was that movie in the tra in the that the trailers were selling are was not the movie we got. And if if this is a movie we're getting, and I thought that the entire time, I would probably have a better opinion on this movie. 
if they barely even played up Michael Gandolfini, if they barely played up the Tony Soprano origin story that this movie wasn't, if they were like, this is Dickie, this is the Dickie Motosante, and guess what? We might see Tony. And we see him like a little bit in one of the trailers, and they don't sell on it. But those trailers are very much his movie and his movie. And that's not what this was. It wasn't a, a Tony Soprano origin story. And all the trailers are, or even the posters are like, the guy who made Tony. That's not what this is. That's not what this movie is. And it, that's, you know, it's not, yeah. And, and that's my biggest thing is sell me on the movie that it is or sell me on the, like, I don't care what what movie we got. If you want to explore the race riots or, or, or yeah, and all this stuff, if you want to explore race relations, if you want to explore the difference between Leslie Odom Jr.'s character, it like, cool, let's do that. But don't have the trailers tell me that this is, hey, by the way, this is just Michael Gandolfini's movie. Because it, right. it really wasn't. It no, so wasn't. No, it wasn't. And another thing, though, too, is I didn't mind if by the end of it, Dickie does make Tony. If they yeah. had it at that point at the end. Yeah. And then they don't. It was very lackluster. It yeah. felt incomplete. I didn't mind the riot thing, though, to be honest with you. I kind of thought we were going to go in that. Right. Because yeah. here's the thing. We, Tony brings it up on based off of his generation of where he grew up in. And, everything. and also, too, we also have to kind of expect that that's where they were going in was the race riots and stuff like that. So I was okay with that. It was the direction of the fact that we were falsely thinking that this was going to be a Tony Soprano story and about Dickie Montesanti and the bonding, which they did give us the bonding aspect of it. Very little, but they didn't touch on the fact that Dickie was going to make Tony by the end of the film, which is something that they should have done. Then yeah. also too, the poor categorization of what we got with uh with Dickie and everything too. I felt like they could have done a lot more with Dickie. They could have done a lot more with Tony's dad. Sill is also another thing. Why the hell did they put that stupid toupee on him whenever he doesn't yeah. even wear a toupee in we, the movie? I mean in the, yeah. the CVs. So the the actor um freaking um I normally know his name and I love him the freaking um Stevie Steve, uh Steve Van Zant yeah, the actor is bald, and he or the the guitar player is bald. Like that guy, ever since the, uh, he's been playing in the E Street Band with Bruce Springsteen, he always wore a bandana over his bald head. Right. He's been doing that since the eighties. And then in this, they decide to put a wig on him. I never once thought. I know that Stevie Van Zandt's bald, but I never once thought Silvio was wearing a wig because mm -hmm. even when he's in like uh, in a coma in the last episode, spoilers. He's got his hairs like down and it like literally looks like his like it doesn't look like so what his wife put on a, a more disheveled wig for him when he's in a right. coma. What they would have she would have just took his wig out. So it's a, it was a it was a bold and stupid move. <laughs> and they, right. they should have just gave him hair. And it, right. yeah, and I don't like the age of Silvio. I always thought yeah. of Silvio being Tony like Ralphie says they were a little crew. It was me, Silvio Dante, your dad, Jackie Jr., or Jackie Jr.'s dad, Jackie April, and Tony. They were the crew. So you would think that Silvio would be Tony, Tony's age. But Silvio's hanging at Silvio and Pussy are hanging out with the big dogs in the 60s scenes. What is he, right. freaking 15 years older than Tony? What? You know, right. like it, uh, it bugs me. Another thing with the age thing that bothers me. Is when remember the fifth season with Tony B and Christopher, Tony B and Tony yeah. S would always bully Christopher. Christopher's a baby, and yeah. they're supposed. To, and they tied him to a tree. What's he two years old when they did that? Right, <laughs> and that didn't make any sense to me. And then David Chase made the um, made the excuse of, well, you know, when you're younger, different things come out in different ways of what you saw before. I was like, no. I would know oh. when my little nephew was born that he was born yeah. at a certain day and I was 16 years old. I would know that. That's not going to be erased from my memory. Yeah. And, and, then, for, and then what? Teenage teenage uh, Christopher was getting bullied by like a 30-year-old Tony's like <laughs> What? <laughs> exactly. That didn't make any sense to me with that timeline. And I wanted to see the bullying aspect with Christopher at that age 
see what he mm-hmm. went through because remember, uh, supposedly Tony B got called Ichabod Crane and stuff like that in the fifth season and things like that. I wanted to see other nods other than the fact that they brought up Tony uh, Tony B a little bit inside the car, but that was it. Absolutely. Yeah. They, yeah, they said his name in a scene that I really don't like. Um, but, all, yeah, and I agree with a lot of that is maybe in the second movie, like if they do another movie because because they left the Leslie Odom Jr. character, didn't even have an arc, like he's still alive. Uh, but so maybe we'll get back to Harold. But I want to see the Fuchslamana robbery. And I want to see little Ralphie. Like, I want to see that crew. I'm glad that we got to see Jackie April, but he's just like, this dude has got no lines. Who just like holds down the ice cream guy with him. Like that's your boss play in the fact that that kid who's like 14 will someday be Corey Stahl's boss. He's going to be the bot, the next boss of the freaking family. And he's just like holding down an ice cream truck. We should have got a little more nods on that of like maybe Corey Stowe would be like, hey, look at that little kid. What's he doing? You know, like because we play on Junior's insecurities that he's never going to be. He never gets the respect. That would have been a great thing of just give a nod. Oh, yeah. And by the way, this little shit's going to be his boss in like 20 years. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. What about uh, you, though, Charlie? What are some of the negativities that you had? I mean, I just felt the script, like this, this, this direction they went with this was like all over the place, and it's just oh yeah, the dialogue was, is cringy. It's hard to follow. It's like okay, you're focusing on Tony a lot, and then you're going to the Leslie um, Harold character, and then the side chick is sleeping with the other guy because she felt because she didn't get like she she felt betrayed by by Dicky, and then and then and then she felt guilty about it. I'm like. Hello, are you, are you not seriously seeing by telling him that you slept with some other guy, he was not going to react this way? He, he was getting all pissed off over over his breakfast. Like, yeah. come on. You knew he, he was going to do something. He gruesomely like, murdered his own dad because his dad pushed you down the steps. Yeah. <laughs> like that. He oh murdered God. his own dad for that. You think yeah. he... <laughs> um, like, I mean, it's like, I mean, it was like, oh, like, this the pacing. This movie two hours it felt longer than two hours and this should have been a lot it could have cut a lot of it out and the plot away and then yeah yeah, and then stuck with one plot yeah it could have been an hour and 45 minutes and like yeah i know what you're trying to do it's a sopranos origin like the like a a soprano story we don't need to know a lot of like sure we need to know a lot of these other characters but we didn't really need to see a young Polly Walnuts. I mean, we got a good. I mean, we could have done without that. We didn't need to see everybody, the crew, and like it's like there's aspects they could have cut down on this. Um, like that was that. I mean, and then it's just I don't know. I just thought the it was just the, the, the again like you said the marketing was bad. I was really expecting more Tony Soprano, and I got we got. I mean, we got more the Harold character and more of the side piece. Then we get Tony, and that that's really kind of like, do you guys even know what you're doing with this one? And yeah. that, that that was the problem. And I don't dislike any of those storylines. No. I just then do them in a different movie, or or not even bring up Tony or something. If you want to make a movie, grow. yeah. If you want to make a movie about a Italian guy who falls in love with a chick from Italy who happens to be his his dad's wife, and he kills him. It kills his dad, and now he's got the side piece uh, as a as a guma as a side piece, and then their relations about you know uh, the way she was treated in Italy, opposed to how she's being treated, how Italian men are treating her, and how she's attracted to a black guy. That's a movie. I'm okay with that movie. Make that movie, but tying it in with a whole Sopranos thing that has nothing to do with it, and then the amazing casting of freaking Michael Gandolfini, who's doing an amazing. Amazing job of playing the the character that his dad made, uh, like one of the best TV characters of all time. Throwing all that in is 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 an issue. It's a big jumbled mess. But like, if you snit, if you cut this into two different movies or three different movies, you could have three really good movies. <laughs> Most definitely. And you see, I think that it works better as a mini series versus absolutely versus a movie because you can have all your stuff that you need to grow on in like a 10 episode or six episode story arc 
of these characters. You can have the Dickie Montesanti story in one episode. Then you can give a viewpoint on the Sopranos, on Tony, on the outside looking in kind of vibe. You can have all this layered out in episodes versus doing a two and a half hour movie. I think it would have actually been more digestible. And also, too, it wouldn't feel like it was lacklustering. It wouldn't feel like a disappointment because then we would actually get the Tony Soprano origin story that we want. Maybe by the end of the whole entire thing, maybe we might actually get to see Tony being being made yeah. by the end of it and him being Which, making him grown up. Why I want a sequel or even make this the freaking pilot for a miniseries because right. I would love to see Tony played by these characters, all these characters played by these characters. I would love to see how his relationship with Syl becomes what it is. I would love to see how Jackie April steps up. I love to see Richie April being a freaking character because he's apparently like a big dude at like a important guy at this time, you know, and then Feech Lamana is supposed to be a legend. I would love to see the Feech Lamana card game and Richie being re the reason why, you know, they don't get killed or get a vicious beating and then see all of that play through of how them knocking down the card game makes that get them a fast track to being made. Be, but, but, you know, Ralphie doesn't because he's banging some hippie broad. I would love to see all that play out with these characters telling it this a different way. I thought that's the movie we were going to get. And that is a Tony Soprano origin story. So do that for the second one. This is, it's not my favorite. This is my favorite movie, but I'm not going to ignore it. It didn't anger me. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> and, and I feel I, like a kid give us at Christmas a sequel. time. Right. Yeah, exactly. I feel like a kid at Christmas time when his parents are going to promise him something and then they don't deliver with it. And this is what it feels like to me. I just feel like I was disappointed at what I got and nothing that yeah. was promised on something that was promised on a trailer that we got. Like Charlie said. I really feel disappointed with the dialogue didn't flow well. The dialogue and the way that some of the shots were shot, to be yeah. honest with you, feels like an A&E kind of style movie versus yeah. an HBO style way of actually doing it. Because we got great cinematography and stuff like that when we look at the TV series. When we have a movie, and get this, Entourage has some great cinematography when it came down to the movie and stuff like that. It didn't feel like an A&E type of film. This yeah. feels like an A&E cable watch movie film, VH1 stylistic kind of film as well. It just doesn't flow right to me. The whole entire deal with the dialogue just feels cringy a little bit. Yeah, and um, I was actually shocked as well with the whole entire th deal where Dickie killed his side chick and everything too because I thought that was brutal. But at the same time, some of the positives don't match with my negatives and everything. Yeah. And to me... The negatives outweigh the positives in this aspect of it. Yeah, and I agree. I, I do like a lot of things out of this movie. Like, I, I like where they're going. I think a lot of this comes down to the script, which couldn't decide, did we want to make a lot of references and be very fan service, or do we not? Because, you know, like, the plot doesn't, like, the plot as a big, big plot doesn't go fan service, but all these little tiny scenes do. So I, I don't feel like they know what they're doing, but I think a big negative comes down to Adam uh, Alan Taylor, who directed it. Remember, he made one of the worst MCU movies. <laughs> Adam T Alan Taylor made uh, Thor: The Dark World. So. Right. <laughs> but but as much as this guy has done, you know, Sopranos episodes, and he apparently has a really good rapport with um, David Chase. That David Chase goes, if I'm if I can handpick the director, I'm going to Alan Taylor. I feel like he made a lot of mistakes and it, and I, I, I think it really comes down to the execution because I like what a lot of this movie is trying to do, but it just didn't do it or it no. did it wrong or it did it a little too cheesy. And yeah. So I think a lot of it comes down to Alan Taylor. I don't like, I don't like talking crap about directors because it's like the freaking hardest job in Hollywood, right. but but yeah, and I, I definitely don't like talking shit about writers because no one ever gives a David Chase does, does David Chase is a great writer. There's no oh, doubt I, about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, there's something like signals got mixed here, and I've I, and they also had like two years to sit on this movie. It was made before COVID, so I wonder how how they didn't like watch it. Be like, all right, there's something missing. Right. There's some type yeah. of missing element into this thing. But yeah. what about you, Charlie? What's some of your negatives? Um, I mean, I've mentioned them earlier. I just, I don't know. I just, 
when you're like talking about like it just it just didn't flow well. And yeah, pacing like, is a big issue. Yeah. I mean, the pacing was like at that. I mean, I thought some of the scenes were shot way too dark, and and I thought like they, they, like a lot of it was too dark to see what was really going on, and that was kind of hard to figure out. And like in terms of this movie, like if they like, I mean, Alan Taylor also made probably one of the worst Terminator movies too. So I mean, there's that too. But I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, he made Genesis. Oh oh yep. yeah oh. Ugh. Um, I was actually before that one, and I saw it in the theater. I was disappointed. I mean, so Arnold was the only highlight of that movie. Everybody else is just garbage. But that that's a different movie for a different day. But yeah. this one is just like if I like, from the two HBO movies I've seen, this Entourage. I liked Entourage so much more as the movie because I actually liked the show and I enjoyed the movie as is because it was entertaining. It was like and it actually did something and added to it it didn't like yeah this one was supposed to like again it goes all back to the marketing supposed to be about tony soprano and um, i'm not bashing dickie dickie was great in this like if they just marketed as a dickie minnesota movie yeah great and again again he was great in this movie that the guy that like the uh alessandro neova i think i hope i didn't butcher it i thought he was great in this he was great he was he was really good. There's just, like you said, John, there's just so many, like, the, I mean, in, in my rankings, this is going to be under my disappointing movie section. Because actually, I'm kind of looking forward to this. I kind of wanted to see, can they get the bad taste out of that finale out of my mouth? And I loved the finale. Me though, too. So. <laughs> I love the finale. I, I warmed up finale. to the finale, to be honest with you. And especially watching breakdowns of it and stuff like that, and then going back and rewatching it, I have an appreciation for it now versus I where like I saw it. it before. I still don't like. I mean, it's definitely <laughs> in my worst finales, series finales of all time, and I got a list. Um, and then I mean, it, it's it was so bad that if you're getting made fun of it in Family Guy. I'm like, well, it could be it could be worse. You could be like you could be you could end it in the mid sentence like the soprano and then they end the episode. But it wasn't in mid sentence. It wasn't in mid sentence. If you well, yeah. sorry, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring this is not the right podcast for this. Yeah. But um, but is it, I, is it all right? Dexter's the worst. All right, come on, that's mm-hmm. the worst season. That is that was a bad one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but how I met your mother was a bad one. That was terrible. They turned the whole show, the fin- whole finale, the whole show's a comedy. The finale was an hour and a half drama. And there was like, what the heck? Like, they made that into a drama. And then the way they ended it, I was like, come on, really? They're doing that? Welcome like, to was- the top five worst series finales of all time. Um- <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but Sopranos is definitely in my top five. Like, high upper towards in the top five. I like I I could have top been- five of best honestly for me <laughs> it's but it's not mine right yeah it's but, all good hey it's subjective right that's yeah, what exactly. you were saying earlier yeah another thing though i want to bring up is too i am bringing back the sopranos review stuff like i'm actually going to go season by season i'm I here have, for you i'm here for that, you i am going to be doing that because here's the thing i have my girlfriend watching it now and stuff like that and I want to jump back in doing the video content because I'd have it on audio, but the audio is not so good because I actually did that from my inside my car, 90, 90 degree weather. <laughs> <laughs> and I did all those stuff in my car, just about starting out before doing this. Yeah. So, you know, I want to go back and do all the Sopranos and do more of a better sound quality than what we did when I did before. Yeah. So, let me know. I would love to do yeah. that. No problem, yeah. man. I am going to have you on. I'm gonna probably going to have John Henry back, and if Charlie wants to go on ahead and rewatch The Sopranos, he can have, he can go back and do that sometime soon. Um, or whatever. I got, I got a couple of YouTube videos for you, Charlie, that explains <laughs> the ending a little better and makes it a little. It's. Uh, I don't. I'm sorry. It's not going to change my mind. I mean, it just, it just, it just isn't for me. It just. Don't stop believing, Charlie. <laughs> oh, I, just I, reach I, out and hold that feeling. Yeah. You know, I'm holding don't stop. Believe in. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I got, I got a lot of other stuff. I got to watch and stuff. Um, I'm, I'm still continuing my quest. Three sixty-five. I'm trying to watch three hundred sixty-five movies in a year. So I'm, there you go. Um, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. So I, I, and then I got a lot of other stuff I got to catch up on. So okay. I don't think I'll be joining the finale. I still am doing Dexter though, because that yeah, but- that finale was. 
That was that was pure garbage. That was yeah. utter, utter garbage. And John and I will get into that when we get into our final. Like when we continue our Dexter show. Don't worry, everybody. We haven't forgotten about that. That since the new season premiere in November second soon. Yeah. Yeah, November seventh. I got something I would like to talk about. Uh, the Mini Saints in New York. Uh, yeah. I got. <laughs> I got. I got something I want to bring up, and it's Corey Stoll. Um, the so I watched it twice, and they they revealed you know spoilers. I hope you're not watching this. Yeah, uh, if you haven't seen the movie and most of Sopranos, but um, they finally revealed how Dickie dies, and he was yep. carrying TV trays, and we don't know who shot him per se, which I like. I like that they kind of kept that ambiguous. Maybe it is the cop that Christopher kills. Maybe it isn't. I like that because that scene in the original uh, TV show when Christopher kills the cop, I like that it's ambiguous whether the guy did it or not. That is, and then even like Christopher's line of like, hey, it doesn't matter if you did it. Tony wants you dead. I'm going to kill you. You know, like, and that's, I love that scene and I'm glad they didn't ruin that scene. But it being Junior... It seemed super out of left field. I was like, okay, what the, what? Well, so I watched it again and it is so foreshadowed throughout this entire movie that it's junior. And I, cause now I'm looking for that, right? The, him laughing at him, uh, Johnny boy going, look at Christopher, look at Dickie Mostasante. He gets shit done. You, you bald loser. Like I'm paraphrasing, but I do like that. And after the second time I watched it, it made me look at the junior character and this differently. And I do kind of like that. He's the one who kills Dickie. So me too, because here's the thing. Remember when he killed Mustang Sally? Yeah. Or he was going well, to kill Mustang. No, Sally. no, 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 no. There was something else that would happen in one of the seasons where basically he was going to get someone to kill Tony. And then they started making fun of the fact that, uh, to- something with Tony. So he goes on and tells his bodyguard, hey, you need to go over there and kill him. Yeah, that guy why. talks a lot. Yeah. So he kid, comes up. Yep. Right. And he goes, next thing you know, he'll be making jokes at me. So mm-hmm. that goes to show you how sensitive Junior is. And he'll go on and kill you just over laughing at him. Yeah. I I, I don't like that. So Junior's been a cantankerous old man since 1967. That's kind of hilarious. <laughs> I mean, they could have made him like a youthful character because, you know, he was. But uh, so it was weird that he's still like, oh, my back. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> he doesn't have to act like the older actor. <laughs> no. And that's all they but, are doing, though, is mimicking other. Goofy. Yeah. Which that... they, they shouldn't have gone that hard. Um, if you want to look at how it's done, right, as much as I don't like talking about the acting in the Star Wars prequels, look at Ewan McGregor playing a young Alec Guinness, where he he peppers in Alec Guinness and then makes a character his own. And they could have done that with these guys. And that's what uh, Via Formiga did, because she didn't play, um, I'm going to forget her name right now, uh, Nar- Nar- Narshan. Nancy Narshaw, I'm going to ruin her name, but the, the actor who plays older um, Livia, uh, Livia Soprano. So she peppers in uh, that actress, but doesn't do like a overall parody. And that's kind of like what the guy who played Sill does like, does, you know, he goes just a little hard in the paint with it. And I feel like they, that was the wrong idea. They should have like peppered in the actors, the older performances opposed to like, Doing an SNL perform like an SNL interpretation of it. Nancy Marchand. Marchand. Mar- Nancy Marchand. Marchand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I normally know it. I get freaking uh, brain farted. But all right, John. <laughs> we left. I feel like we covered most of it. I mean, yeah. we're getting close to how long the movie actually was. We're halfway through the movie now. <laughs> so, uh, you guys got anything else? I think I've got everything I wanted to get out out. No, I think I, I got everything from my side. Here. It was yes. disappointing. So I didn't hate the junior thing was the point that I was trying to make. I didn't hate that it was junior doing it. That was my last point. Me either. I didn't hate that at all. I thought it was perfect foreshadowing on what we were going to get later on within the series and also, too, within what happened to Dickie as well. My only question is this, is this, with Tony... The, and with the story that Tony told, how does he know that that played out the way it played out? That he was carrying TV trays? 
Right, because is it something that Junior would actually tell him, or would it be something? But it wasn't that, Junior behind him. We don't know right. who was behind. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a good point. Right, it's just something interesting that just just stuck with me from watching yeah. that. I'm like, that's interesting because I'm like, okay, is it tr Tony trying to prove make Christopher prove his loyalty to him and on how far he could push Christopher and to show his loyalty to Tony, or yeah. is it just Tony? Just trying to see if Christopher will actually do it because of the fact that he's a drug addict or whatever. That's also another and thing. I'm glad you brought up drug addiction because we find out that, you know, there's that amazing scene in Sopranos. Everything's an amazing scene in Sopranos. But uh, where Christopher is going, let's face it about the great Dickie Moltisante. He was nothing more than a junkie. He wasn't a junkie. He would, died with pills that he was going to get for Tony to give to his mom. Right. Her mo his mom's struggling from depression, which we all know, and also borderline personality disorder. But so he wasn't even a junkie. So I, I thought that was like really weird of how we find out that this guy who we kind of find out later in the series of not knowing anything about Dickie, we kind of find out that he might have just been a piece of shit. He kind right. of wasn't like he was a murderous piece of shit, but he wasn't a junkie. Right. And it, yeah. Which I kind of liked. Same See, there's things I like. There are definitely things, definitely things I like in this movie. It just wasn't that good. Right. It's just the delivery of it and the way that it was delivered and handed to us. Yeah. And so, all right. So, guys, that's going to do it for Many Saints of Newark uh, review. I do appreciate Charlie and Taco talking about this film. Even though we were slightly disappointed with the way things came about with this film, we did manage to find some things that we liked about it. But tell us in the comments and everything tell us what you liked about it tell us what you didn't like about it maybe it, maybe you like the whole thing maybe you tell us that too but all movies are subjective here and everything so with that being said guys that's going to do it for the show so you guys can go on here follow me at movie lovers tv lovers unite on facebook underneath the same brand name on pinterest and on instagram as well you guys can get an audio only podcast episode of what we do here at movie lovers unite wherever you guys get your podcasts from of course go ahead don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button and of course we also are doing another charity for saint jude's hospital all the proceeds go over to saint jude's and buy yourself a cincy and of course, if you want to donate to the page, all you have to do is go to gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers unite. And that's how you can donate here. But a simple like, a simple share goes a long way over here at movie lovers unite. That's enough for us to go on ahead and make you subscribe. Then, of course, you go on ahead, follow me on movie lovers unit. And then, of course, uh, movie lovers unit 001 up on uh, TikTok as well. Then, of course, you can reach out to me at movie lovers unit on Twitter. And then you can also email me at movie lovers unite at gmail.com. And Thank you again, Taco, for joining me. And by the way, I know that you have a podcast and everything, too. I do. And where can people follow you at? I'm I'm over in Shmosa of the North uh, with a bunch of Canadians. I'm the the resident American. Uh, but we we do a lot of videos about the Shmodown, the movie trivia Shmodown. And also, I have normally a Saturday Star Wars podcast that we're actually doing on Friday this week because the Shmodown has that awesome live New York event. So that's going to be on Saturday. So we moved the Star Wars video or Star Wars podcast to Friday. And I'm going to have a bunch of guests on. We do really uh, this this week's going to be really fun. We're going to pitch characters into the star, like from a different universe, pitch them into Star Wars and how they would be like, oh, would this guy be a Jedi or a Sith or a bounty hunter? What kind of lightsaber would he use? And, and it, that kind of stuff. So it's just going to be a really fun podcast. We're going to I'm going to have a couple guests on. We normally, my co-host is Gold Leader from uh, Movie Trivia Shmona, who, yeah, who, who has a match this week. But that's what I got going on is I talk Sours and I also talk Schmodown on Schmoes of the North over right. on YouTube. And I'm also on Schmoes of the North too as well with Ben. And I've never done a show with you on it, but, yep. <laughs> but I know you're in the chat. I know yeah. that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely on Ben's show with uh, Ryan Payne. I, we talk about... Uh, Pretty much things of the past, things of the present when it comes down to another Schmodown, other Schmodown contestants. So you can catch that, catch me over there on Saturdays. But I took a little bit of a time off because of the fact I was in that Holly Shorts uh, film festival that was taking place for the last two weeks. But, you know, I'm back in the swing of things now. So that's also a plus side. But I'm also taking one more weekend off and then I'll be back with most of the north over there on Saturdays with uh, Ben. And I can't wait to get back into it again. And then, of course, we have some other stuff dropping. Like, for instance, we're I'm not naming my horror movie segment 31 Days of Horror this year. I'm naming it Scream on Screen. Uh, and basically, it's just us reviewing films 
no day counting or anything like that, just to make it simple. So it's called Scream on Screen, and we're going to, matter of fact, Alex will be joining me uh, next week. And matter of fact, that's going to be on Monday for Trick or Treat. So we're going to be doing nice. love yes. that movie. The movie is so good. I'm going to be honest uh, with you. Let me know what horror movies you're doing. If I have a day off, I would love to join you for them. Um, Most definitely. So you know, if you I, cover I sure the was. thing without me, I will block you. Dude, <laughs> I'm so bringing upset. you on to, because I haven't seen the thing, so I want to see it. So. It's the only movie I have in my background. It's right here. It's the only <laughs> movie I have in my background for a reason. All Pop right. figures and a John Carpenter movie. That's me. That's All what's right. up. <laughs> So that's going to do it for us for tonight. I hope that everyone has a great and pleasant night. Thank you again, Taco. Thank you again, Charlie. Do appreciate y'all. And always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And bye-bye.